So we're, uh, we've been sort of tabling this discussion for a while. It's the 2022 WA Racing wish list. So this is more of a conversation starter. After the show, we'll be putting up on Twitter just for the, our listeners to send their ideas through. I've went, Since we've been raising it on the show, I've been getting some texts and messages and just with people with suggestions. But I think there's a lot of smart uh you know, interested people who are passionate about W Racing who have some suggestions that can help improve the game, whether it's the small things, whether it's the big things, uh, whatever it is. And um, we're looking forward to getting input from our listeners and the WA Racing public because, um, you know, while we, we get on here and talk about trying to find winners and, and we interview the participants, we're, we're really deeply involved in trying to help W Racing be, be better and um, being full-time participants in the game like all three of us, I think we can add something to that and our listeners can add something to that as well because I guess we're the, we're the customers of um, that are most directly affected. So um, WA Racing in, uh, wish list for 2022, our guest, Lockie Taylor. I'm sure you've been doing a bit of this sort of um, discussion on the various platforms that you're on, whether it be Tab Radio or Unhinged or on your Sunday morning programs and things like that, and always in the wash up after a carnival or we move into a new year, these discussions always always come about. How can we do things better? So, like, what what are your you're at the coalface of of the game. You're there day in day out. Not only are you interviewing people and you're actually on course, but you work in a stable as well. So you're you've got you can look at the game through a variety of lenses, whether yeah. it's through your media, whether it's through um, what Brittany does, whether it's through what your dad does, whether it's through the people that you speak to, or just your personal experiences on race day. What are what are some of the things that what give us your first item that you'd like to to on your wish list that you'd like to discuss? Well, I have five items in no particular order, and we. You and I, BJ, have spoke about different things throughout probably the last two years of things that we'd like to see changed or improved, but these are just five little things that I thought about the last couple of weeks. Number one, I'd love for readily available head-on vision to be on the Chris website. Right next to the race replay where you click on every race replay, have the head-on vision. It's 2022. I don't think it's good enough that we don't have readily available head-on vision you for, have to search at the moment for the every single trainer race. interviews and then find it through chris and it's exactly which that then means that you can only actually see the head-ons for belmont and ascot where interviews are conducted yeah are there head-ons for do they have the head-on footage they'd have to the stewards would have to exactly. for country meetings yeah so that that footage would be there and and yeah it can't be all that difficult i mean obviously a lot of other systems work really well. Obviously, you can watch a trial readily whenever you want to. There's no yep. issues whatsoever. So that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, hundred percent. That's his. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a very so good point. In the in the project that I do with Vince Cardi's sec, uh, daily sectionals, I get access to all the stewards' vision um, for all the different tracks, and that was on my list as well. Like. Even if you go to racing.com, they have a, yeah, they have exactly. a stewards patrol film as well where they mm-hmm. that, where they do different edits from the different towers. Or if the, you watch Hong Kong on a, on a Wednesday night, yeah. they have the same thing. They show the race replay and then they show the stewards patrol. Yeah. And from a punting point of view, one of the greatest uh, aspects if you've got that vision is I personally find if you can find a hard luck story or, or something that's occurred in a race and that doesn't appear in the stewards report, things are always going to be missed from the stewards report. Yeah. Straight away, you've got a leg up on the potential price you're going to get about that horse next up. So it's a great tool as a punter to have that vision. Okay. 
Number two, go through your five. Okay. Yeah. Number two, I'd love to see the introduction or at least start the talk of a pop-up or a slot holders race. I think it's been- Like the Everest? Yep. Okay. I think it's been too long. Are you funding it? If I had the money, I definitely <laughs> would. <laughs> Brittany will be. <laughs> <laughs> no, she just bought a house actually, so she's yeah, her and Kate on a budget. Um, no, I just think we've seen the formula over east and see how well it does work. And I know that Racing New South Wales has an absolute gold mine that we don't have, but I just think the success of it is just far too great to not try implement and copy a similar type of event yeah, hunt for a sponsor someone yeah. you, you can get your name attached to something like that i'm sure there is the um there is well it's there's some worth in it um for doing it as a sponsor but that would be great what, what where would you where would you run it and what sort of race would it be i don't want any of the group ones to be impacted mm-hmm. i'm happy to be a traditionalist in that sense i think in the autumn ideally the belmont sprint over 1400 meters would become our mm-hmm. slot holders race so you have your Roma Cup as the lead-in. I don't want to touch the Roma Cup either. Um, and I think the 1,400 metres is just the perfect distance in the sense that we don't have a big 1,400 metre race. There's not many big 1,400 metre races in Australia. Mm-hmm. And Caulfield seems to have nine of them, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, and then you obviously get your sprinters coming up from 1,200 and then your railway horses and Kingston Town horses resuming even a, a guinea's horse might be first or second up into a race like that. And the flow-on effect from that is as well, you, you might get... Um, you keep horses in WA. Yeah, exactly right. And the Eastern Staters that, that do come across, they'll probably come across with the Roma Cup as well. They might stay there for the Hyperion well, afterwards. Exactly. Well. So the, the next thing you know, you haven't got them there for one meeting, you've got them there for over a period of weeks and they, they're bringing a few with them and there's far more interest that, and intrigue. That, so. That's an interesting race series as well. There's a lot mm. of things that we can do with that. But when you... When you've got a horse, say I work with Steve Wolf, so we've got a horse like Red Can Man. What do you do with him between now and the summer carnival? What do you do with a horse like Comfort Me? He's 103 rated now. Exactly. What do you do with a horse like Kiss on All Four Cheeks? Do you know what I mean? Like, so do they have to sit out until next spring? So there needs to be a way of the from the northern sprint through to the Strickland Stakes. Those races either have to be worth more or there needs to be one big race, whether it's a slot holder race or a half million dollar race or something. To entice or, people to or at a bonus, Or a bonus system attached yep. to that rate to that series so that they've got somewhere to go and they only need to either win one or run second in one and they're sweet until the, from a money point of view until the um, spring, summer rolls around. But it, like we're, these horses go right up in the ratings and it's just like, well, they can't go around in listed handicaps because they're 90 pluses. So exactly, but they can, but you know what I mean? Like, yep. So the options need to be there. There needs to be a sprinkling of options during that period, whether it's um, from the 1100 to the 2000, increase the prize money, whether it's a slot race, something like that, just to make sure that, you know, Steve sent uh, Red Cam man to Dave Bridie last year to test the waters and he was effectively racing in sort of group threes and group twos. He ran in a group one, but he could have stayed here and raced for a big money series during that that period of time. And, you know, we keep a Red Cam man, we keep a labor rod, we keep those horses here rather than the expenditure of having them go east. Couldn't agree more. Lock, what's next? Number three, I know it's hard again, but it's increased the prize money of our three group ones in particularly yeah, in our railway, railway stakes. stakes. Yeah. Growing up, the railway stakes was always the biggest race in our state and I think it's been lost to an extent. It's nearing 20 years that the railway stakes has been worth a million dollars. 
during that long. I think during the 2000s, that's yeah. when it was announced that it was going to be our first million dollar race. Yeah. Or after, obviously, there was that race in the 80s or 90s. Yeah, the Australasian. Yep. Um, and since then, the prize money hasn't increased whatsoever. Looking at the East Coast and comparing prize money, a million dollar race is bugger all. is insignificant. Like it's yeah. not for for the jewel in the crown. Exactly yeah, yeah, for yeah. what is our pinnacle of WA racing. I think it needs an injection. Whether it's to one point five in an ideal world, probably double in an ideal world. Really, exactly. At least it's it's a proper. It's not just put up to one point two, one point three. It's a proper. Yeah. It's a proper whack on because there should have been incremental. This is actually the biggest thing I want to bring up. Um, that the railway needs to be worth more. Um, it's it's not been going incrementally up uh, every year, and that's probably yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. That with you on that, Terry. I think even r- feature races. Well, doesn't the Melbourne Cup go up like a couple hundred theirs every but year, even, or something, something even, of that nature? Even a couple of years. People might think it's insignificant. You go up a small amount every year, but over five years, all of a sudden, if you go up hundred thousand every year, that's another five hundred thousand on the well, stake. It, Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like the Cowgill Cup for argument's sake. When I I went to the Cowgill Cup, I think it was nineteen ninety six to the round, and powerful Prince won it, and I'm pretty sure it was a hundred thousand dollar cup then. Metro stake money in at that period of time was twenty five thousand for a set day. So the Calgary Cup was worth four times a Metro stake. This year, I think the Calgary Cup has been made one hundred and fifty, but prior to that, it's only been like one hundred and twenty, and Metro stake's been seventy. So with those with those features, if they just went up a little bit over over time, it would yeah, they would be very rich races. It actually right? doesn't make sense when the price of everything that an owner or a trainer has to put into their business, has to put into training horses, Goes has up. increased obviously with inflation throughout the years and yet our big races don't seem to increase. But in saying that, I think what we do at the bottom level is outstanding. Yeah, good. Yeah. We had a couple of horses go to Geraldton and run second and I couldn't believe that it was a you got five grand, I think, for running second at Geraldton. The race was awful. I thought that was unreal prize money. And, and the Westpeed setup is exactly good, yeah. Westpeed. You're racing for eighty thousand on a Saturday now. I think that's really, really good. But what we now need to do is bite the bullet and increase the the prize money of our Group Ones. When they need to they need to stand above everything else. Had they have to have a wow factor to them though. Exactly. Features, yeah. What else have we got? Number four was I'd love to see greater coverage of WA racing on mainstream media. I feel at the moment if you have friends that are a long way outside of racing, they essentially are of the belief that racing exists for one, two, maybe three months of the year and we have our Ascot Carnival and they literally think that after the Melbourne Cup, the big races in Melbourne, we come to Perth and they think that's all we yeah. do. They Broken have horse racing. What do you do the rest of the year? They have no the idea months. that you can go to Broome for the round. You can go to Cal for the round, and like, we've all been. And how fun is it? It's mm. some of the most fun you'll ever have. And I feel like we need to do more and, and get those stories and just make more people aware that we have racing all year round. And I think we'd be much better off for it. Mm-hmm. Brittany, your, your sister Brittany raised this last Sunday when we were talking to her yep. about uh, finding a way that we can merge the racing in the feature racing in the regional centres on a main on, on like freeware TV and and newspapers and all that sort of stuff with tourism WA mm-hmm. showcase. Showcase the people and the places, your brooms, your Kalgoorlies, your Esperances, your Albanies, all that sort of stuff, Geraldton's, and then bring the people in the interesting characters of the local scene, the champions of the local scene, the history of the game in those regions, while also highlighting the tourism opportunities and the, you know, and the the fact that that 
it's that the synergies between thoroughbred horse racing and the town and the town and um and then bring that to people and it also helps increase the the fact that racing is not just all about gambling you know what i mean like Mm. there's these a lot of these regional centers they're the the racing is the heartbeat of their of their towns and i don't think you're going to attract outside of racing people with gambling propaganda it needs to be stories it needs to be what you can do elsewhere in the town the horses the people the towns yeah yeah um yeah i'd love to see that happen this year yeah i I agree do we know anyone to be good for that role (laughs) (laughs) well like even like someone like a a paddy sweeney he loves his racing with channel nine i'm sure he'd he'd love to do more stories about it but it's just see see butler does a good job of the written stuff he does good features in the west exactly but he's, he's got platforms on He's on, uh, not he's on Nova in the mornings, yeah. isn't he? So first, it'd be good too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Justin. Yeah, <laughs> my man. <laughs> and my fifth and final point, and as I said before, I think of things all the time, and I, these were just the five I thought of in the last couple of weeks. I really want Perth Racing and probably Rawa as well to combine with stating to everyone in the racing industry a clear vision of Belmont Park and what on earth is happening there. Yeah, because that it's was number been, one on my list. It's yeah. been too long and, and whether it's the introduction of lights or not, I don't really care to be honest. I think we still need to do a little bit more research as to what impact lights would have on our racing and where our turnover comes from. Is it Asia where they're punting on Hong Kong at the same time or is it East Coast where they're sleeping? So then in that sense... Putting lights in wouldn't be worth. Should be a pretty worth easy it at thing Belmont to, Park. Should be a pretty easy thing to figure out. Exactly. It? So I just want to want to see a clear vision and some facts to back up what they're doing. So you, you were there for half a day yesterday. Yep. At Belmont. We. How often do you go to Belmont? Like three, four times a year, five times a year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and what you have to go there week in, week out, day in, day out. What What's it like? Honestly, like the the it's. For me, for me, it's every time I drive past it, it's just my heart sinks. It's a tragedy, really, of what how that has all un, unfolded from an industry point of view. How much traffic do we get up and down the Farmer Freeway every day? And that's that's the shop front of the West Australian thoroughbred racing industry. Mm. That the venue, whether they like to admit it or not, that's what they, yeah. they don't see Ascot. No, they see um, Belmont Park, and it's like, well, is that? It's sort of, is it symbolic of? where we're at i don't know like it just but we need to what you said we need to have a clear roadmap moving forward is okay this is what this is what we're going to be trying to do this might not be what is going to happen but this is where we are chips in this is what we are hoping to do in 2022 and for me that starts with a more collaborative approach between racing wagering wa and perth racing and obviously there's been some historical resentment between the two bodies which has impacted the ability for a united front when we approach government but our only way out of the belmont park situation is with uh is a is a a, we go to the government racing wagering wa and perth racing and we do a joint venture to and even if that is the plan come out and say that exactly i think people are getting so frustrated that there just isn't a plan if the plan is to go to the government and seek funds and it so happens to be that you get rejected, everyone will be understanding of that. You go, okay, well, and then you, and they then, tried and then you need to come up with another plan. And you keep attacking. Exactly. Yeah. But it just feels like we've just been waiting for like 
for the industry to win lotto or something like that. Do you yep. know what I mean? It's it's bizarre. They, and everything that they've done is just frustrated people, whether it's putting that pipeline through into the center of the track, which created problems with the the, the track and has impacted horses. It's, it was a disaster, you know, the trench. And then they- Terry's put, still blaming the, his form slump through uh, the middle of 2020 because then, of the trench. 100%. Then the, <laughs> the stalls got moved to the other end of the track. There must, there which, must be another trench at the moment. <laughs> which created a lot of problems with transport and dropping horses off. And it's just, it, everything just seems to be cobbled together and there's no clear, clear vision. And when, you know, the Perth Racing representatives get on Tab Radio and they sort of speak, it's this, there's a lot of words, but there's not there's not a lot of follow up or a lot of action into it. So I think a clear Perth Racing and Race Racing Radio WA with their two new um, I guess managers. You've got the new CEO at Rawa and the new um, secretary or whatever his position is, the CEO at Perth Racing. They need to come together, you know, I'd put out a statement. This is what we want to do with Belmont Park because this is everything for for us racing people if they get that right especially when you just look across the other side of the road and mm. you've got they've got that right they've got they got that right you know so it there's a there's a there's a vision across the road of what of uh, what this the precinct could look like now it's up for us up to us to get our to get our area of that precinct up to scratch and make it, it could be it could be pumping there at Belmont Park 100 all right i think that's the big ticket item for 2022 and it's not even about um, getting anything done per se, it's about creating a map, uh, creating a pathway. Have some confidence in yeah. the pathway, but who's yeah. trying to get it done as well. Terry, what have you got? Have you got anything from a wagering point of view? Yeah, I left that alone thinking yeah, that I, you I might. Yeah, I thought this was your your wheelhouse. What? Oh, you're a, you're a professional punter, and you, this is your this is your this is your living. Well, they've brought in the minimum bet laws in Western Australia now, so that's sort of a. And what impact? So explain what impact that has had on you. Well, so uh, the minimum bet laws for for those that are unaware basically means on race day, um, for all of the accounts. So uh, for for those that are aware, your accounts can get um, sort of limited cutoff type things. So if I want to have a bet on say bet three six five on a Saturday race, I'll be able to have two dollars on the horse. That's that's all they'll allow type thing. But on race day at nine a.m., they have to bet you. That's every single account. That's your um, sports bet, Ladbrokes points bet, Neds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's about 16, 17. Oh, there's probably more of them these days. Always popping up. They have to bet you to win uh, a liability of two thousand uh, dollars for a city meeting or a thousand dollars for a country meeting, um, which does allow um, fixed price wagering. Earlier, people are going to say, well, perhaps they should. Um, those laws should come in um, beforehand as soon as you release a market and then maybe markets don't come up till the morning. But I think it's a good start um, in that sense. I'm not, um, yeah, I'm actually not going to have too much of a dig at them in that sense. I feel like that's a reasonably, uh, that's a reasonably uh, a good push. Um, but most of, most of my stuff was more just uh, around notice um like as punters and, and it's it's not just as punters it's it's about as industry participants i just think about it as a punter obviously um but i just feel like there's a lot of things that are decided on race day or or whatnot that that could be just just sorted out beforehand obviously when we have abandoned meetings and the, the meeting at narrative in a few weeks goes an obvious sort of situation that there should be something in place where we sort of know the day before or at worst of at five in the morning that morning that it's going to be called off or whatnot with the heat as well I mean, and meetings have been 
called off on the day. Like we, we know the forecast a day or two out. Let's have let's have a more direct protocol if it's going to be 38.5 and above when race one's going to be and we know that 36 hours out we call it off. Fair enough on the day. We if get, if wow, we, it's two degrees wrong, hotter and yeah. it's wrong. Yep, yeah. then we're going to have to call it off on the day that's occurred. But just a little bit more, more notice and, and make alternate arrangements as well. I mean, last Saturday, what a great opportunity that would have been once we knew it was going to be 40, which was probably sort of a week out. What a great opportunity for someone else to host it, for mm. a Pinjara or even um, Esperance had a main day. And Esperance could have really promoted a big day even if we didn't and we left it on the Monday and we pushed it to the Monday. Esperance could have pushed that day and, and made that a real special day down there at Esperance as well. So um, so mo mostly for me it's just about notice. It's just we sort of wait and give everything till the last minute when nothing can change in that sense. Um, even things like dual nominations, you got horses in for Saturdays and Sundays. They scratch on, uh, they run on the Saturday, they're obviously going to come out on the Sunday. Uh, so from a punning point of view, like we, we just see them sitting there and we're like, well, I have a bet in this race, but I, I, I can't really have a bet. It's almost that. like there should be an immediate trigger that once yeah. the horse crosses the line, they should be ruled out of the market for the race the following day. Exactly right. Unless you have, I mean, there there has been rare occasions. Can you? Um, who was the I horse? Actually don't no, who was the can horse you race? Up? Yeah, yeah. You uh, can race the next day. Kersley, stake, ran Still? a place the following day in a, you know the one, a stayer. Capo. Was it Capo? Uh, Capo Dora. I don't know if it was Capo Dora. It was a stayer. Went the following day. I think it ran a hole the following day as well. Michael so. Heaton will know this. Yeah. Well, they're backed up all yeah. 24 hours. So it can occur, but I think you just need to maybe just let them know, like, we're actually a chance of backing up here because I don't think many of these horses are backing up off the off the 24 all hours. All it takes so. is a little cadet steward to go ask the trainer, do exactly you know right. if this horse is going to back up 99 times out of the 100? The trainer will say no. Exactly right. Do you, it's, for me, it's just, it's, just about, it's just about notice for everything as well. Do you think there should be a time when markets are released? Uh, I, I'd be a big fan. I'd be a big fan of all markets being released when Minimum Bettler was kicking, yeah, at 9am. So, so how do you... It'd be a free, it'd be an absolute wild ride at 9am. Yeah. I'd have to like, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a free for all. So, so it'd be exciting because you'd see because, yeah, it, it just it's so funny. Like at the moment there's somebody... So what happens at the moment is 365 goes up. Everybody is cut off 365. So nobody really moves those, right? Green tab then goes up. New South, Wales, New South Wales then yeah. go up, right? Somebody in the last couple of weeks has started betting as soon as Green Tab goes up. So Green Tab usually sports bet and everyone else, as soon as sports bet go up, they all follow sports bet. Okay. But that's usually five minutes later, an hour later, two hours later. It, it varies, but it's usually after Green Tab and a, and a good portion of time. Somebody at the moment is has obviously got a marked Green Tab account and any real obvious ones, like yesterday, I think it was like mosquito went up six seven bucks and they backed it straight into four dollars and it's just do you know those those obvious ones where you probably only have to do sort of 10 minutes for me you just know it's sort of the wrong price type thing they're getting knocked off and then everyone else is just following them with those knocked prices so look from a punny that, that's also just me whinging because it's 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 hard to watch and you're, you're just a little bit disappointed by whoever's doing that on on one account but um yeah i'd love the idea that I, I still, I've never ever liked the idea that you can say to to Joe over there, oh yeah, mate, you're you're a dog shit at this. You can come and have as much as you want. You can do thousands this week, and and then the next play, oh no, you got half an idea. I'm not going. How, how I understand you, it's a business, and you've got to try and make money, but that just doesn't seem right. That you can take bets, like it's like reverse Robin Hood. Like you can't just take bets from people that have very little idea and go, hang on, you've got some idea. Like I've got mates who aren't. 
oh, very good, very, but they've been cut off. Oh, they've got some, they've, they're showing some now, or some, some, uh, it's usually a pension to mainly just take the early prices. Yeah. But people, people love jumping and taking the early prices. So, um, yeah, I, I think in that sense, something's majorly has to change, but that's just not WA. That's, that's Australia wide. So I'm just curious how you run your business in a, in the way that, so you're, do you have to just sit by your laptop refreshing waiting for markets to come Well, out? country racing is probably the best one to, to discuss. So there's one I wanted to back. It's um, where are they racing today, Lockie? Jesus Christ. Geraldton, um, yeah. Geraldton today. Yeah. There's one I wanted to back at Geraldton today. And um, I look at the opening price and, and it's it's a healthy, and it was always going to be a healthy double-figure price. I don't look again until 9 a.m. I just hope when I click back all, I click back on it sort of 8.50. I load up my 16 tabs across the screen. I put the bet in all 16 tabs to win what I know the minimum bet law is. The moment it hits 9.00, I start hitting confirm. Mm -hmm. That price goes before. It's just it's just bad luck, basically. So that's that's basically how I run the business for country racing in, in that sense, I to wait till it's like a sweatshop with one person. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and I'll tell you what, I've just signed up this morning. I signed up to, I was actually just telling you, can't you, get so can't you get dynamic odds to do that this? for you? How's this? I'll give you this. So, at and I'm just going to name as well 756 this morning, I signed up to Moneyball. All right, I thought, why not? I just had another great movie, Buffalo. <laughs> it's a cracker. It's funny when I googled them, that's what came up as well. Usually, yeah, that's how big they are. So, at 756 a.m. This is the email I got. Welcome to Moneyball, home of the always boosted multi, et cetera, et cetera. That's at 7.56 a.m. Good start. Strong. 9.15 a.m. <laughs> We're writing to let you know that we've made an update to your account concerning your account's eligibility. Uh, as a result, your account will no longer be eligible for et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I lasted 81 minutes uh, with Moneyball. Um, yeah, so it's just – I'm sure they all share details and whatnot. And, um, so they probably share, and whatnot, but share it's a just, database, yeah. yeah. I just can't see how it's not more um, – oh, how it's not more regulated, I guess. It's just so – it's so in your face. Like if, if you – It's a bit like a casino, isn't it? The house yeah. always wins. So, yeah. so my, I guess the thing I'd say is the NBLs probably should kick in as soon as you put your markets up and then everyone might start putting their markets up on the morning of the race. So like Bet365, as I said, the markets don't move anymore because anybody that's had a 365 account gets cut off that quickly. It's not even like it's actually just a fake website now. So, yeah, that, that'd be the thing. I think as soon as your odds go up, MBL should kick in. But, yeah, that's a, that's an Australia-wide thing, not just WA. Uh, anything else? No. Trials. Fix your trials. Come on. Trial vision? <laughs> just fix the trial vision. While we're on the trials, can we fix the trial colours situation? It annoys me tremendously. Jockeys, some jockeys really, jockey, have a like, better camera for the Lark Hill one. I want to yeah. see because half the thing I, I watch in trials sometimes, I'll just watch the first That's 10 metres because I just want to, because with my speed maps, are, as you know, one of my biggest things, I, I can't see how well a horse is jumping at all. It's head on from 400 metres away. Yeah. I can, I'm barely Back looking to straight see Back straight at Lark Hill in the bin. Oh, absolute shocker, isn't it? What, yeah, Barry Crockers. What is Lark Hill? I actually don't mind Lark Hill. I, 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 I don't they mind. Have a good, they have a good game of cricket there. I think Lark Hill serves <laughs> a good purpose, but just... Oh, I thought you were going to say serves a good bird or something. <laughs> they actually do. I love <laughs> that canter. Yeah, right. Um, what was I saying? But back straight trials, even, for instance, we had a two-year-old on debut yesterday and because it was Magic Millions nominated, we don't usually go to Lark Hill, but yeah. we had to go to Lark Hill. It was just a timing thing. Yeah. And it essentially had to trial in a straight line all of a sudden it found the front yesterday afternoon and didn't know what it was doing yeah. it was hanging and it's pulled up shinsaw since mm -hmm. so it might have been that but even then you just can't educate a horse properly down that 
back straight at Lark Hill. So I'd at least like to see your two-year-old heats where you know nothing about the horses when you sit down and try to do form on a two-year-old race, at least have them around the standard bend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think it's a, it's a professional trial venue. It's a training track, but it's a trial venue. You should be able to trial there every second week. Yep. Like it's, you know, these Rascot and Belmont race on, they race there yep. every three or four days. So uh, trial colours, jockeys, if they, some of them have like four different sets of trials. It's very like either either the jockeys have to commit to one set of set of colours or Jeez, you're getting a bit pedantic, no no this is, this, is, this is true this is it's ridiculous if it can admit to one set I of colours you know what I play the game because uh, you obviously have all watched that many races you could they could all wear the same colours and I reckon you could show Lockie the race and he'd be like that's that's Jade that's Sean yeah. that's Jason yeah like, he'd be able to ping him ever yeah I'm making you do a bit of a game over east they wear the colours that they race in so mm. I know the jockeys here won't want to do that because it means they have to change colours all the time but at least just wear the the colours that are listed on the trial sheet that's just a nil. Nitpick is there a trial show? Yeah, yeah, the colours. Yeah. All oh, right, didn't know that. Yeah. So gear list, gear list in trials as well. Yeah. That'd be great. So, for example, this that, they don't That's have a gear good list call. In That's yeah. actually something I'd, yeah. Um, Sassy Trader's going around. We'll discuss Sassy Trader when we do the preview shortly. Um, good trial, like really nice trial with the, with the shoes or pads on in the trial. Yeah. Like seriously, mm. would they go on since the trial? That's everything. We can't bet now. I, I literally can't bet in that race because I'm like, yeah, okay, it's a horse that has got used to the, the I can't remember if the pads or whatever's going on, but was that on in the trial? How, if it's happened since the trial, you just you, you put a pen through it. Yeah, you know? It's agree. happened before the trial and you go, well, this is, this is game on for it. So, yeah, that, that's pretty simple stuff, I think. Okay. Uh, but it probably gets rid of the good rot though. If you want to set one up, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I think, setting one. I I think they, they, the they can do that up. anyway with the saddle that they use, the shoes that yeah. they wear. There's, a, yeah, there's yeah. a variety of different things that they can. That wouldn't happen though that, in horse racing. But, um, but that's, but that's trials. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, for me, the Belmont Park redevelopment is the is the key. It's the for from and the number one ticket on uh, the number one item on my wish list. Second is I think we need to have a look at the Master Series. Uh, I know there was a lot of discussion the last last uh, last year, the recent years, that it's just sort of lacks a bit of oomph um, after railway day. So how do we how do we make how do we keep the how do we keep the interest going for those three weeks? Uh, what Lockie said about increasing prize money for the the Group Ones is is a start. I have a I have a view that the winter bottom should come forward and be on the same day as the railway day. So you've got Saturday. so you've got railway and winter bottom on day one. I think day I think we should take a leaf. I think this has been done before, but take a leaf out of the Hong Kong Jockey Club with their international jockey series on the Wednesday before their their international meeting. Day two should be a jockey challenge. Get the get eight or the best riders from Australia and international. I know it's challenging at the moment through the COVID era, but I think that jockey that if it was a if day two was a jockey day, like a big deal, and we got some big names, I think that could be something well, we've special. seen that happen at Ascot before. Yeah, it was and good. We know it was a success. Yeah, it was a success. So I know they'll they'll need a budget for it. However, this to, it, I don't think we should be. I, I think we should be having a crack to make sure this Masters series is as good as it can possibly be. And so that if we bring Winter Bottom Stakes to day one, I think what we can do with day three is we've got a race there. 
that has been neglected and it's in the shadow of the winter bottom and it's just, it's fallen away. I think we can really reinvigorate the Skyhill on day three. It's a 1400 meter wave for age race. So winter bottom, they've got the 1200 and the railway. The railway and winter bottom horse have then got two weeks to come back to a Skyhill. If you start by making the Skyhill $500,000 and then gradually increase it, so then it can be almost another you know, group group two or bordering on a group one. Like if, if you're able to, to extract the the winter bottom and railway horses, then you can really get the the performance rating of the Skyhill up and it can push it, it. It's the kind of race that I think we could we could develop into a, a group one because it's wait for age, it's yep. 1400 and um, it just needs money and it just needs horses to be able to target it as well. So that would mean that you've got Kingston Town and the Skyhill, um, potentially two both million dollar races on day three and I reckon that could add something special to that third day of the carnival. And uh, I, I think we're lacking feature three-year-old sprint races. I know this has been covered a bit. Yeah, we don't have one. Why don't we have a half-million-dollar, 1,200-meter three-year-old race? The, Do you know what I mean? Like the, the Belgravia the or the Placid Arc or yeah. something like that. We need to invest in a in a big three-year-old sprint race. We've got the Guineas, we've got the Derby, but we've got nothing for and it's sprinters. weird. It's the, weird. The WA horses are, sprinters, are just yeah. about the best sprinters yeah. in the country. Our best sprinters uh, I think for me it's the Placid Art. I mean, yeah. I, I know that the Belgrave is usually the best race, but a lot of that is moving. It's it's never the grand final because it's a starting point. Do you know what I mean? But if you had the Placid Art, pe- people could really target target that race. Do you only want it? We saw the winner of the Derby yesterday, by the way. Do you That's only want it in the summer? No, I think. And I, I was going to say, there's no there's no short course features in the autumn either. See, this is what I've just thought about. Perhaps we have a big three-year-old feature in the autumn because it allows owners and trainers to have the carrot dangle to them to stretch a horse out to a mile mm-hmm. in the summer it makes the guineas and champion fillies as strong as possible eg and it's a ray day yeah all of a sudden those trainers and owners understand that their horse can't run out a mile next prep they set their horse for the big three-year-old feature sprint think, race in yeah, the autumn. I think we can do both. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And and also if you have that big Placid Art sprint uh, worth half a million dollars on day one of the Masters, that's Railway Winterbottom, those three-year-olds then can go into the Skyhill mm. and have a crack at the, the 400 meter. So it adds another adds, – I mean, I know we've already got the Lestier on there, but we can probably get the first or second place getter from the – or first three across the line in the Placid Arc then can go have a crack at the big money at Wait for Age in two weeks' time. Uh, I think So I think there's some things that we can do. And I know Chris Parnham copped a little bit of heat for his comments on the Perth Cup, and I can see that he, like me, he's a traditionalist at heart, and um, and yearns for the day, the days of all when it comes to the the Perth Cup. But I think we've got a perfectly good twenty four hundred meter handicap there that just needs investment and just needs some a committee and an industry to believe in it. And I think it could still be something special with with prize money and with maybe changes to the handicapping scale a touch, maybe bringing the minimum back a little bit. Uh, and then you can get your your regal powers to start in it. You can get your you know your your really really good horses to target the Perth Cup. Make it worth. A lot of money again and just if you build it they will come believe in the race 
you can't just keep taking away everything that's good about that race. It's lost its two mile, it's lost prize money, it's it's now it's now an afterthought, you know, six weeks out or six to eight weeks after the railway stakes. Like it's a perfectly good traditional time-honored race that is part of the fabric of Western Australia. Invest in it, believe in it, and I reckon it could be special again. What's the minimum in a race like the Sydney Cup? I know it's over a little bit. I think it's further. fifty-one. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's something we need to do. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the key. Spread the scale. Spread, and even you know, I think the minimum. It's a very touchy subject with jockeys, which is fair enough because it's a safety issue, right? Yeah. So, but I think the minimum. All of the issues that we have, and you you would be aware of these being being you know from a stable, from a handicapping and a ratings and a programming point of view, is people don't understand that. By raising the minimum to 54, it's made the life of the handicapper very difficult because you've only got a very short window, uh, window before it, before there's a 60 and people lose their brains as soon as they've got uh, 60 yeah. kilos on their back. So the minimum creeping up from 51 to 52 to 53 to 54, it's just impacted the ability of the handicapper to do their job. Uh, in Hong Kong, they have a 10 kilo, 20 pound spread. 51 minimum, 61 top weight. Yeah, uh, I'm not advocating that for here, but if we could get an eight kilo spread, it just it's a it just changes a lot. I might go back and do the maths from this year's Perth Cup. Yeah, essentially make it a 52 minimum yep. and see how many of those riders could have rode 52 apart from except yeah. 53 that it was. Yeah, and allow them to ride overweight if they if yeah, they if want trainers and yeah, want to. exactly. So I think we can. We can look at that for one-offs, even if it's the railway and the Perth Cup, you know what I mean? Reduce the minimums, make them more true, like greater handicaps. I mean, the Doncaster and, and those big handicaps, they're all 51 minimums. I'm, I'm exactly. So if they do it over east and they race for more money here, yeah. why can't we do it? Here? Yeah, it's just something something to look at. So I'm, I think the spread of weights is good for good for, good wa- for, punters good for well. wagering. It's going to be intriguing. It does. It adds it adds another element yep. to it. And, um, it, and also it means that... You can probably actually, opens up you, opportunities of certain jockeys as well. Opens maybe up, you wouldn't get as many open. rides, and they can say, "Well, I'm a natural fifty, you know, a lightweight jockey." And, and it doesn't rule out your regal power because the minimum is lower. You don't have to give regal power sixty or sixty-one. He can he can mm. get fifty-nine instead. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So you can you can dangle the carrot in a lot of ways to make those. If you're pumping a lot of money into railways and Perth Cups, then you have got to make them handicap accordingly. So you handicap from the top down. Yep. Why should regal power get? 63 or whatever it is in a Perth Cup, like it's ridiculous. Like that's our best staying handicap. Every, it should be from the top down. So uh, that's that's. I never thought about that. From yeah, the top down. That's a really good point. Um, now there's there's big there's big ticket items. That I think everything falls behind Belmont Park redevelopment. But for the future of, uh, the, I think there needs to be discussions around on course stabling at Ascot, as well as the training schools for not only for apprentice jockeys but for people wanting learning wanting to learn just the basic whether it's. Uh, to be farriers, whether it's to be trainers, whether it's to be whatever it is, try to make um, racing, a, racing a real career pathway for people rather than it's just, just you know, just a just a job. Like make mm-hmm. it a career, put some real TAFE sort of certificates behind it, and also to become a trainer, you need to do X amount of years in a stable. You need to do, you need to work underneath an open class trainer. You Agreed. can't just you can't just have ten twenty thousand dollars in the yeah. bank and then all of a sudden and you're that's, a trainer's life. For those who don't know, that's literally what it is. Yeah, you just need the money. <laughs> And, and yeah. pass the test. So, uh, and the test is essentially you get given like a list of gear, and you have to say which gear it is, and you have to be able to saddle up a horse. Yeah, that's just about the extent of it. So, if you made it a more professional training program, then people like, and also being a thoroughbred horse trainer isn't just about conditioning horses. 
there's like 25 different aspects of that exactly. role. So people take on these roles as younger and they're not aware of everything that it entails. So I think there needs to be some training and education around that in order for us not to lose people, to the good people who know horses, good horse people, they get, they get jacked because they can't make any money and then all of a sudden we lose them and they're off doing other things and then that's it. We've lost a generation of educated horse people to dro- help drive the industry forward. Um, I'm with you about the Stewards Patrol film. I also want everything on Chris to be shareable. So all replays and you should have like a share option. You know how Tab, uh, tab Touch and um, even Racing.com, they do that the last 400 metres where, you can, where they, they, it gets put on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, I think everything they should have a shareable race option for the last four hundred meters. And so, the more races and the more exciting finishes we see on Instagram, on yep. uh, you know whatever platform it is, Facebook, Twitter, the more and it's more the more easily shareable it is. So at the, the moment, obviously, you do the communications and media for Steve Wolf. Yeah, what's your process to be able to put a race replay up on the yeah. Facebook page? Yeah, so I just I just basically have a piece of software that downloads the, the yep. video, but not everyone has access to exactly. that. So it's it's pretty like, you know the shareable content that the AFL puts out? Yep. It's like there you just, you can, talk, you can send it anywhere, email, WhatsApp, Snapchat, whatever you want to do, it's there. I think racing needs to move into the, how how people consume their media. And because like if, if, if you own, if, if you own a horse and it wins a race, you just want to be able to share it easily. Put you it everywhere. Even, you can't even do that. Yeah. Well, half the time, so, you know, Simon Merritt and the guys at Western Racebook, they're not obligated to put those race race um, photos, those winning photos on mm. on social media. He just does that just to for the game. And maybe Simon needs to be employed by the industry as well to go out just to take photos and make that make them more shareable as well, rather than him having to release only a certain amount of photos because it impacts his ability to make money as exactly. well. Exactly. So I think we can do a lot better job of photos of sharing a racing of sharing good stories. I think we need to start um, encouraging more people to share their rehoming stories of their horses, um, make that a real feature online of like success stories where horses transition from uh, horse racing to dressage, horse racing to show jumping, eventing, whatever it yeah. is, or uh, finding new loving homes. I think that needs to be broadcast because that's a real focus of what we're trying to do um, in the horse welfare spot, on. spot that we're in at the moment. I think we can do a, a, we do a good job of that. I think we can do even better so it crosses over so people can see that we're um, good custodians of the game, that we're really looking after our horses. So I've got hey, <laughs> I've got quite a few things here, but one last thing I wanted to run past Terry whether to see that would help him um, from a wagering point of view is – Caulfield has a weather station and you can log into yeah, it. Yeah, so that was, that was something that... Yeah. What about if, if there was a weather station, even just starting at Ascot and Belmont, that you can log into on race day, you can check the the track, you can the, the track manager can plug all the data from that track, what they've done to it in the last week, while more importantly me- measuring the wind and temperature. Well, probably not more importantly yeah. actually, but probably as importantly yeah. as what they've done to the track as well during the week. Yeah, um, yeah there was a meeting couple of months ago and I was talking to Pistol Peter who was on course as he always is and um, I said uh, geez they're not making an inch of ground today and he goes no worries no no wonder there's a 
There's a big reasonable easterly. And I said, what are you talking about? I'm looking at the news, uh, the the Wind website. Wind Willy. Yeah, Wind Willy. And there was... It wasn't even one instance. This happens all the time. Yeah, and it's just completely wrong. But there's no... Yeah, we can't get that correct data. So that's... that's I think that'd be everything. Is it essential? It's essential, isn't it? I would say so, yeah. I I actually don't know if the the, uh, interstate tracks do it. No, you're you're saying they definitely do Corfield's got an app that you download in it and you can plug into it anytime. And Flemington, you can access it on their website. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be anything, so... So that would be, um, yeah, that'd be huge. I'd love that. I'd love to have a weather station. I'd love to hear more from the track manager as well, whether it's a Friday, Lockie goes out there on a Friday, does a track report, gets posted on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Oh, this well, this track this year, I went through it last night, something like 35 40%, and my notes are a bit sloppy, about 30 40% of the tracks. Uh, meetings at Ascot this year, the rail's been off or has not been a good spot to be. And I mean, when do we see a, like on Monday, we see a nice easterly and then, oh, hang on, you don't want to be leading mm-hmm. with a nice easterly at a true position. It puts if, us, if you watch some of the head-ons, there and was what about some, this some races that, there's some races where there was horses, there was nowhere near the, near the right. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, with with your, you guys had Laurentinia going around and it was funny because we were talking earlier how it looks great for Laurentinia, the easterly back to the true. This could be a, you know, a, just go to the front and off we go for for Lactar. And um, I think by by the time you guys are jumping, you're, you're probably instructing Lactar to get off the fence in the straight to some degree, won't you? Spot on. Yeah. Yeah, so exact words come three yeah. or four off. <laughs> yeah, come three or four off. That's, oh, that's, no, that's no good. That's fine though, but it'd be nice to know why that why that's occurred. If there's a, so with the, I, I sort of record bits and pieces, random bits and pieces and see if there's any sort of correlation. And then if that, those same conditions are gonna appear again, then I can go, okay, well, this is probably gonna happen because this is the reason that occurs. And we talk about track condition, it's, it's the end of us because we can never figure out how exactly it's gonna play. And I think these days I've more so than anything just allow for a fair track, regardless of what it's gonna look like. But this week, and I'm looking forward to, to discussing this, it goes from true to six meters, we're skipping. We're skipping a lane. We're skipping the three meter pad. I can't remember the last time we skipped a pad. And imagine if imagine if Lockie was out there interviewing the track manager, and you can ask why. why. You can ask why. Mm. He can explain. We just can't sit here and have all these you know theories about it. We can actually ask, walk the track, get a look at it. What have you done to it this week? What are we expecting for tomorrow? I think it would be great. Mm. Um, So last couple of ones for me before we move on to the preview is affordability on race day, especially at Ascot and Belmont. I get this a lot from people when they go to the races. I don't you know. Um, I don't know how much beer how beers cost these days, but uh, but they seem rather exorbitant. And no, uh, no, they're not. No, they're the for, right price. You reckon? For on, on the race course? Yeah, hundred percent. They're the right price. Well, fe- the people go, would, go to a bar and nightclub. I'm not nightclub. Go to a bar and you're paying just as much. You're but on, you're but is that course. is that what you is that what we're yeah, aiming fine. for? Yeah. I'm yeah, I think sure they got to they've got to still make money if you want to spend money. So yeah, I don't I don't know I don't think that's an issue. Okay, so cheap, cheap. I've got cheaper food and beverages at the rail, which even just cheaper options for. for Jeez, even the food's not that bad. I don't. I don't think. What do you, you probably? You're at the track. But do you? But, but you're Lockie you're always, solo. Always packs his lunch though. You're, you're solo though. What about for families and things like that? Though? Yeah, I think it's. But that's that's the price these days, isn't it? I don't think it's any more exorbitant. Like you go to Optus Stadium, you're going to be paying twice as much for what you are at something at Belmont Park, still. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to be devil's advocate with that. No, I'm that's just, fair I'm enough. Just, I'm just going to be. I, I don't think that there's too much of an issue. You can still go to uh, Belmont. I'm pretty sure I got a sandwich there for about eight bucks. Yeah, that's normal, isn't it? I don't know. I, don't I went and got a that. subway the other day. It was twelve dollars. Mm. That's just standard subway. It was twelve bucks. That's so you're getting a sandwich on course for I eight think bucks. Pint that's prices right. and whatnot are pretty standard there. Yeah, they're, the they're all pretty standard. Yeah, I don't know whether they should be the equivalent of bar Bowls and clubs. nightclub prices. No, the bar and nightclub. I'm saying are more expensive. Yeah. Well, not especially with nightclub with Bam Machine. Uh, last couple of ones. Yes, you know, BJ, you're, you're out of the bloody Paramount more than me. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Uh, last couple of ones were um, uh, Perth Racing. What is Perth Racing? What, oh, is it, yeah. what does it mean? Uh, how about we go back to the WA Turf Club? I think that needs to be revisited as well. You're a member of the WA Turf Club. You're, you're not a, what is Perth Racing? It's this legal entity that means nothing. I think we need to go back to making membership of the WA Turf Club mean something and being a part of a club actually means something. Uh, you won't see the Victoria Racing Club changing their name to Flemington Racing anytime soon. So WA Turf, the Perth Racing is just wild that they even trade as that. WA Turf Club... Uh, have a think about going back to that. And my last little wish list, which is just an idea that I have that I want to that I want to look at uh, moving forward, is WA Racing. <laughs> You're going to laugh at this joke. WA Racing trading cards over the over the Masters series. I reckon that'll be a bit of fun. Every person that walks in the gate gets a packet of of trading cards for uh, uh, over the Master three weeks of the <laughs> Masters series. And I reckon the kids and the families and racing people would love it as well. Trading cards are huge, by the way. But- Jockeys and trainers? Horses mainly, but Horse, jockeys, oh, trainers. Right. I'll, I'll come and get the Jimmy Taylor gold. Oh, that's what good. I was about to say. I'd love to see my dad's big forehead on a card. <laughs> the Jimmy oh. Taylor gold, that would be good. Uh, Barricade, I'll give you a regal, you a regal power, yeah. a, uh, an elite bell yeah. for a signed gold Jimmy Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, that is it. That's our WA Racing wish list. Going to put this on uh, probably a separate audio file yeah. for people to listen to and uh, consume. But also, we want your ideas. So there's lots of smart, invested people. Get your ideas into us here. At the and one if one you one. disagree with us, yeah, let us know. Yeah, 100%. 100%.